Hello everyone and welcome to this episode of VI Shots. My name is Michael Ivaliotis and this is the podcast devoted to the world of LabVIEW. With each episode, I bring you interviews, discussions, and share with you ideas for how you can take your LabVIEW development to the next level. I'm really excited today to have Hassan Atasi, who's an applications engineer for National Instruments, uh, on our show today. And uh, Hassan is here to talk about the uh, Winter 2011 uh, LabVIEW Coding Challenge, which is going on right now. Uh, started December 1st on the NI.com community site. Hassan, welcome to our show. Thanks for having me, Michael. Uh, let's just dive right into this. And uh, Hassan, can you tell us, uh, give us a general idea of uh, what this coding challenge involves? So um, every once in a while, uh, we're trying to do it twice a year now, but I can't hold us to that. So basically, so every once in a while, National Instruments holds these coding challenges on the community to foster people to start getting more involved in the community, bring members who haven't been around, uh, been active for a while, try to bring them back, foster some new members to come in uh, to basically participate in these challenges and basically bring awareness about the NI community. Uh, and also offer some exciting prizes and hopefully start start some good discussion around LabVIEW. Um, this year, we have two different challenges. Uh, one of them is focused on user interface design. So basically designing a good and functional user interface for a specific task. So the task in this case is basically um, figuring out the best area to put um, wind turbines to get the most amount of energy out of them. So if you are basically presenting this to a stakeholder at an energy company, and they ask you to figure out where the best area would be, would be cre- this would be creating a front panel display to show to these stakeholders to have them describe and go over um, where the best wind turbines would be. The other challenge is basically uh, based on code optimization and efficiency. Uh, so here we gave you a specific task also focused on green energy to basically code and develop to the best of your abilities in the shortest amount of execution time. So basically the judging will happen on two bases. Uh, one of them will be obviously getting the correct answer and then the shortest, um, shortest execution time for that specific uh, code that you developed. Those are basically the two main challenges. The uh, user interface challenge will be judged based on community votes. Uh, so whoever votes, whoever gets the most votes uh, from the community will win that challenge. So the user interface challenge um, has, as, as I understand, uh, basically, it's a wind turbines, as you said, mm-hmm. and um, there's some there's some data that's presented on the screen based on different countries, I guess. So different countries, you have data for um, uh, wind speed, right? Yes, correct. And then somehow that, uh, so there's a filtering mechanism, the user picks, I guess, the day. Can you describe mm-hmm. that again? Sure. So basically, the user will pick what country uh, that they want to look at. So whether that be Japan or Austin, Texas, or whatever the case may be, and they can filter by the number of days. So we give you basically a month of data and you can filter it to look at 10 days out of that data or 20 days out of that data to see where the wind energy is most coming from and where what times maybe are the most efficient uh, times for have the, to have that wind turbine in that area. So basically it'll help you to make a uh, decision as to where to place that wind turbine and what country uh, would be best to place that turbine. Okay. So, uh, yeah, so it's basically wind data, speed, wind speed, mm-hmm. I guess, yeah. Exactly. Um, so so the user interface, I guess that they can download it, and it's a very simple interface? Right. So the one that we provide you is very over-level. It just basically provides some idea of where you can move. Uh, you can basically take it and run with it and do whatever you think 
uh, is necessary to be as creative as possible. Uh, just a few days ago, we, we're now allowing you to use event, the events palette in LabVIEW. The original rules were just to use LabVIEW base. But based on some feedback that we got, we now realized or made a decision to allow the events palette as well, because we know a lot of user interface is driven by um, event-based programming. So we hope with that addition, we'll get a lot more creative code out of it. Uh, so generally, the idea is to take what we're giving you, giving, giving you and basically expand upon it as much as you want or as much as you can to create a very creative interface. Okay, so the the coding so that's so there's two parts. One is um, sort of a speed coding uh, optimization, and the other one is user interface. Right. So you're talking about the you're talking. Are you still talking about the user interface challenge? Um, well, the user interface challenge is uh, determined based on votes, correct? Yes. Yeah. So the other challenge, which is a, a purely coding, is more for optimization. And how is that the winner determined there again? Correct. So the winner for that one is determined based on whether the answer is correct. So we have an answer key, so to speak, that has a correct um, input and output files. So the first thing we'll be doing is checking your code to make sure they match up with our files uh, to make sure that you got the correct answer. Once your answer is correct, we'll be running your code hundreds of times um, in a loop and getting the average execution time for those uh, for each run and averaging that out together uh, so that we'll have the execution time and whoever has the fastest execution time and the correct answer will ultimately win that competition. So the, the premise of this challenge, I guess, is, um, I guess, uh, green energy and... Um, the yeah, so overall, mm -hmm. overall, we wanted to choose a theme uh, that, you know, people can act upon as a real life situation. Um, a lot of, in the past, we've done very basic competitions. I don't know if you saw the 2010 one, but it was basically code something about file or code something regarding to gaming. But this one, we want to take a little bit of a different approach and uh, use some type of a real life scenario or real life theme, uh, basically because, you know, we're all engineers in the long run, or at least computer scientists, and what we're trying to do is solve real world problems. So we thought we would give it a little bit of some real world backing to it as well and create problems that, you know, may eventually become reality in the future, at least for the, uh, the challenge one about the, uh, the execution time. And wind turbines is something that's on the news all the time. So we thought we would give it some real world backing. So on the first challenge again, um, can you describe a little bit about uh, sort of the background on this? Because it's talking about how coal eventually will, you know, run out, <laughs> will run out of coal, I guess. Right. So scientists have predicted, and of course I'm not an expert in the field, um, but based on research that we've seen is that roughly scientists predict that in the next hundred years or so, there are difference of opinion, of course, the, the world is going to be out of coal. And as we know, coal is a major, currently one of the most major resources we use to get our energy from, whether in the United States or China, or whatever the case may be, one of the biggest sources of energy is coal. So whether, if we don't come up with an alternative solution, uh, whether that be wind turbines or whether that be solar energy or something else, um, the chances um, of there being no electricity left, if obviously if no solution is found is high. So you may run into the situation where during peak usage times, if there's a cap to amount of coal that can be used because, you know, we're running out and, you know, the governments or what have you have set caps that during a day, you're only allowed to use this much of coal to extend that period as much as possible or extend the amount of coal available as much as possible. You may run into a situation where you'll need to shut off certain areas of the road or certain regions of the road so that, you know, you can conserve as much coal, the limited amount of coal that you have left. Now, of course, this is sort of a, a very far out there sort of thought and a very, you know, probably never going to happen type of example of it. But it's definitely, 
you know, something that should be in our minds all the time as we as engineers work to try and solve some of these difficult challenges that the road faces. And, and the challenge here is figuring out um, an algorithm that would allow um, the world to shut down um, power consumption based on, um, you know, the needs of the different areas, correct? Right. So, for example, if obviously hospitals and key industrial hubs, maybe government agencies are going to be very important um, to keep power to as long as we possibly can. So assigning all those important areas to a region, in this case, Region 7, and making that the last possible region to ever lose power would be something very beneficial. And of course, regions that are less important, maybe they're very unpopulated rural, rural areas that don't depend on having this power constantly, assigning all of that to Region 1 so that they'll be the first to lose power uh, in the case of there's ever a need for this. Okay, so can you uh, tell us a little bit about the, the sort of the deadlines and sort of the timing of, of the competition? Sure. Um, so we officially released the rules um, on December 1st. Um, so those became available and we allowed people to start um, coding at that time. On December 19th, uh, we allow submissions to begin. So we want to give people a little bit of time to think about, you know, the challenges to start writing their code before they can actually start submit so that there's some fair game or some fair game here so that, you know, somebody who had time to work on it immediately posted their UI challenge code and theoretically get more votes than somebody who posted, you know, a lot later just because they didn't have time to work on it. So we want to give like a, a sort of a three week period uh, for everyone to, you know, work on their code and get some ideas about the challenge. And they're allowed to start submitting on December 19th. Uh, once those submissions have been posted on the 19th, so once you open up submissions, uh, for the UI challenge, you can start voting and liking those immediately. Um, so basically from the 19th until the deadline for submissions are the 11th, you can submit code and like them um, as well for the UI challenge. On January 13th, um, liking will end. So submissions will end on the 11th. And then on the 13th, voting will end. So between the 11th and the 13th, you get your last chance to look over, you know, all the submissions and pick your best one and, and vote for it. And then after the 13th, we'll be announcing the winners. So basically, there's three main dates to keep in mind at this point. December 19th, when we allow submissions and voting to begin. January 11th, when uh, submissions will end. And January 13th, when voting will close for all submissions and the winner will be announced. Cool. That's that's great. Um, so, of course, everybody can go to Anai's uh, website and, and find that information. And we'll, we'll post the links up on our on our blog. Anai.com slash LVCCH. It's fairly easy to remember. Lavi Coding Challenge. So, oh, okay. LVCC. Cool. Uh, as part of this, you know, you coming up with this coding challenge, can you describe a little bit about uh, what your learning experience was with this? Because I noticed that when the coding challenge first was announced and up until now, there's been some changes. And what have you noticed? Uh, sort of feedback right. yeah, from the community. Sure. There definitely was uh, some changes based off feedback we received from the community. And I think I take that um, as a positive thing because it means we're getting some really good, um, you know, people are noticing the competition and people are actually trying to work on these things. And of course, as, as, as they're working on it, they're going to come up with questions and possible loopholes and things. Uh, we always try to make the rules and, you know, regulations as as bulletproof as we can, I guess, and leave nothing to question. But um, of course, you know, there's always going to be loopholes and there's always going to be things that people find, especially when you have, you know, LabVIEW champions and CLAs and other people getting involved in this competition. There's always there, you know, some of the best LabVIEW brains out there. So they're definitely going to be able to find things and help us to better write these challenges and better write these rules and regulations. So based on their feedback, 
uh, we definitely learned a lot about how we can improve this and we decided to go ahead and make those changes and take action on them rather than leaving a competition that is not you know perfect so to speak right and i guess your your job at anaya is not purely you know creating coding challenges <laughs> right right for sure um my primary job i'm an applications engineer and my primary job is on, on actually the support side of things so i handle a lot of the i guess i'm a what they call a premier supporter so i handle a lot of the top customer uh support calls that come in um Ironically, not even on LabVIEW, I support mostly TestN and CVI and Measurement Studio and VLM and some of our other software packages. Um, but this was something I was always, always interested in. Uh, this was, you know, the LabVIEW coding challenges since I've seen them, I thought was a really cool idea and the community uh, in itself, I thought was something that was really cool and really, you know, advant an advantage for our customers and our users. So I asked around a little bit and asked if I can get involved and sure enough, here I am today. <laughs> and let's not forget to mention that there's a prize. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, there's a a Sony HX9V camera, which I just did a quick search, and it's a pretty decent priced camera. So that that's a good motivation. Yeah, I believe it's <laughs> it's retailing for about three hundred dollars um, right now on Amazon, somewhere along those lines. And it's also it's you know one of the top rated cameras. If you go on CNET.com, which is a a website that reviews a whole bunch of products and posts what they think are the best available products for specific areas. They post that this camera is one of the top five digital cameras uh, available on the market. So it's definitely a pretty cool prize. Um, but of course, the prize is not the main goal of this whole competition. Yeah, it's incentive to code and to have something at the end for doing a great job. But the main incentive here should be to, you know, corroborate and show off uh, good coding practices and start discussions upon, you know, what's the best way to code something like this and these challenges that we've provided. But yeah, the prize definitely offers a little bit of incentive there to help start that a little bit. Yeah, I, t I took a look at the both coding challenges, and they're they're, they're very well put together. I uh, I appreciate. That. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to mention? If anybody has any additional questions, uh, feel free to go ahead and and post them on on the site, and uh, myself or some of my colleagues colleagues will be happy to take a look at look at them and help answer uh, any concerns you may have. Again, the website for the challenge is na.com slash lvcc, um, and there you'll see both challenge details and discussions that have been coming place, and all the rules and regulations and information about the prize and stuff. So I encourage everyone who's listening to this and, uh, and, you know, and wants to participate to go ahead and please do so. I mean, don't feel shy. I know right now there's a lot of discussions by some heavy lab you gurus on, on the discussion page, but that doesn't mean, you know, you don't have a shot at this. And you, you, I mean, you should do your best job and come out there and, and participate and join some of the discussions. And at least, you know, on the 19th, come out and vote for a code that you think is the best and, and learn a little bit um, as you move forward. Okay, Hassan, uh, thank you for, for being on the show, and I encourage as well everyone to participate in the coding challenge. Thank you, Michael. And also thank you, you everyone out there, for listening to this episode of the VI Shots podcast. Make sure to visit the show notes page on vishots.com to find links to the content mentioned in this episode. You can also leave a comment over there with any questions. Uh, just, just search for VI Shots podcast episode 12, or you can send us an email to feedback at vishots.com. Thank you again for listening and bye for now. Mm -hmm.